It's interesting that one of the songs before, um, before worship today was an old song called He Reigns, and not very fitting today as it's raining outside, so God's raining. Um, but we just want, um, if you'll just stand up, we're going to open with prayer real quick. Uh, Lord, thank you for bringing us here today once again for another week. Let us just focus on you and just uh, bask in your presence. Um, and, ju- and Lord, just um, whatever you have for us today, um, in word, song, uh, whatever it may be, maybe just in fellowship, um, we ask that you just... Uh, just fill this place with your Holy Spirit, for we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. the king. 
Your bed. 
Holy Spirit, we just uh, thank you that you fill this place and that, um, that, the, that you gave us breath this morning to get up and you gave it to a, for a purpose. As we talked about a couple weeks ago, investing our life here um, into, into heaven. And so, God, as we continue in our series today on the Lord's Prayer, as we talk about our daily bread, God, I just pray that you'll just, um, you'll just uh, speak to us and, and just um, give us that daily bread, your, your word spoken to us. And even the provision for, for here, to, here um, today, um, each day, that we focus on you. In your name we pray. Amen. All right, say hello to those around you, and then our children can go ahead and head to our Haven Kids. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. On earth as it is in heaven, give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. Good morning. How's everybody this rainy day? It's good to see you all. Um, welcome to Haven Community Church, as Jack said. Uh, we're glad to have you all here. We're getting ready to enter our time of prayer and prayers and requests. And let me just remind you that if you have one, we have um, spots on the back of the sanctuary where you can write one down or you can send one online um, because our prayer group is very uh, deliberate about saying, keeping your prayers uh, uplifted. So I've got a couple here, um, one from Joanna and Ron. Um, again, all graduates as they start their journey. Um, so I think that's a good one for this time for everybody who's dealing with that. Um, for Donnie and Jackie and the kids, um, and for all those experiencing mental health and demons and, and uh, the impact of that in their lives. We also have a prayer from Holly Kipp. Um, she's asking for hearing loss to be restored and also keep on praying for the weight loss journey, which is uh, something we all are praying for as well. So um, those are the prayers that we have here. Um, I'm sure we have some on the line as well, but Lord, let's, let's just go right now in, in prayer and uh, lift these up. So bow your heads. Um, Lord, we just thank you for this time together. We thank you that we can come to you in prayer, and we thank you that you're listening. Um, we know Jesus taught us how to pray, and we've been learning about that. But, Lord, no matter what, the fact that we can just come to you as, as whatever situation we're in, broken or, or whole or praising you or asking for your help, Lord, we just thank you for that honor. And today we lift up the prayers that have been raised here for those who are suffering, for those who have, have challenges of health or mental health or, um, you know, any kind of relationship issues, what have you, Lord, be in those situations. Um, Lord, we just pray for the graduates who are going on to the next phase of life. Lord, be with them and guide them as they go. And Lord, as we go through this service, may you be in it. May your Holy Spirit come and dwell with us. 
and we will just give you honor and praise and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're going to go to our announcements now. Before we show the video of announcements, I want to make two special announcements um, for our Haven's Helping Hands missions team efforts that are ongoing. One of them is since Mother's Day, we've been working on a baby shower for the Cecil County Pregnancy Center. And there's a list in each of the areas, um, but we've got one week. In each of the lobbies, you can get a list. They're in need of supplies to give to, to mothers in the community. So if you're interested in participating, we've got one more week on that. And the second thing is, Paris Foundation is next week, right? And we need lots more meals. How many more meals? I think that we had, like, we, there's 90 we have to supply. So if, if anyone's willing to do that, please join us in doing that. Okay, so let's see what else is going on. Right. Uh, just uh, one other thing I want to touch on there is June 26th, um, right after church, we are going to have um, a baptism. Um, today would have been a great day. We could have just walked you outside um, and said, there you go. Um, but um, we're going to, uh, right across the parking lot over that way, through the woods, is a creek. Um, we checked it out. It's really nice back there now. They've been keeping it up. So thanks to um, Mike and um, Tina and everybody else um, here who keeps that open. Nice little nature walk back there. So, but we're, um, we're going to have a, a baptism uh, celebration. Um, so right after church, we're going to just go out there. Um, and anybody, if you want to participate in that, uh, by all means, you can sign up online. If you're not sure and you're here that day and you want to do it, that's awesome. We can do that as well. Um, and you'll get, um, you'll get uh, if you uh, sign up before, we'll have a certificate and things for you to recognize that day. If not, then we'll, we'll get that to you later, but because it's about what God does, not what we do. And then we're also planning, like, to have some events afterwards. Um, I, I think there's a bouncy house, and um, and we're um, we're in the process of finalizing some food afterwards. People like food, so you can get a bath and food, right? And and jump yourself uh, dry. I don't care, you know. But um, what 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 was that? 
Yeah, yeah, bring your, well, bring your towels. We might have a couple, but um, either way, uh, or drip dry. It doesn't matter. Um, so, uh, but we'd love to have you participate. If you know anybody, again, if you know anybody who does, isn't part of the church, uh, occasionally I'll come across people who say, um, you know, hey, I, I really want to be baptized, and they may be a part of another church or whatever. This is not haven baptism. It's God baptizing. It's about being baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That is a, a, a Christian thing, not a haven thing. So I'm more than willing to, to help that. And um, we can, it's a nice, big, smooth path down there. Um, so you don't, it's not like it was um, where you had to like, uh, it was a little bit uh, treacherous. It's, it's pretty good down there now. So I, I'm thankful to Mike and all them for taking care of that. All right. So we have that. Um, and the other thing is I did not uh, mess myself. I spilled water on me. That is a... Uh, that is a curse for a, a speaker that when you go ahead and you miss your mouth, I don't know how I miss mine, um, and you get one on you, people say, did he pee himself? No, I didn't. I just thought I'd get that out of the way. All right? <laughs> Somebody would have said something, and I know it. Um, but anyway, um, we are in, believe it or not, week seven. Week seven. Last week, we kind of took a hiatus, went back to our, um, our series on the Apostles' Creed um, to do that one last one on the Holy Spirit since it was Pentecost Sunday. And um, it was really kind of cool to me, though, how, how they, they all tie together. Um, and, and we got some other things there. Today, we're going we're gonna to continue, and uh, it's going to be called Wonderful Bread. Um, and we're going to be talking about that. Um, if you have your Bibles... Um, you can go to um, Exodus 16. I think we also had a QR code up here. If you want to go ahead and um, have a digital bulletin, you can do that. Pulling out your smartphone, um, Melinda will put that up there for you um, again, and you can have that. But we are in the series called Living on the Prayer, and we've been going through the Lord's Prayer based off of the um, Mark, I mean, excuse me, the Matthew chapter 6 uh, prayer, not the one in Luke, um, which is a little bit longer, but we've been going through this pretty much uh, word for word. And what, what I've been trying to do this year is really with the Creed series, we kind of started, and um, it's the the three, first three words were, I believe in. And so one of the things that I thought it was really good is it's a time where I think we have a lot of things going around, so we wanted to spend the first part of the year finding out what do we really believe as Christians. So that's why we spent that time with Creed. The other thing is, um, for many people, prayer is very scary. Um, it, you, if you're in a group, a lot of times um, you can say, okay, who would like to pray? And everybody sits there like, and they kind of hide in the open like, you know, not me. You know, or they'll be like, mm-hmm, you know. Um, or like when somebody wanted me to read Shakespeare in high school, I hid behind the person in front of me in the desk and, and would yell at my friend's name. Daryl wants to do it. And they'd say, okay, Daryl. And I'd be like, yes, you know. Um, uh, but we're kind of like that when it comes to prayer. But, and, and that um, prayer is just basically a, 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 a conversation between two people who are in love with each other, between us and God. And he loves you and, and we love him. And, and that is our communication with God. And, and I, the way I say is if you're afraid of of if we're afraid of prayer, we want not to be because the disciples who were good Jewish boys who were trained in Jewish prayer, they understood all those things. They were bar mitzvah, every single one of them. And so they understood what it was like to pray. But there was something about the way Jesus prayed that was different than how they prayed. And so they said to him, teach us to pray. And so that's what we're kind of doing. We're learning, teach us to pray. And Jesus never intended for a Lord's prayer. Matter of fact, I found this week where it said, they, somebody said they believe that it was wrongly called the Lord's prayer. 
prayer. It should be the disciples' prayer because Jesus was saying, this is for you. Um, and Jesus kept the same model of prayer. If you want to know what Jesus' prayer life is, right here it is. How do I know that? Because he did the same thing, remember, in the Garden of Gethsemane, the same pattern of prayer that we have here. So um, we, are, we are looking at some things, and today we are going to talk about give us this day our daily bread. It's seven words, but they're extremely important. And um, if, if you go to James chapter 4, which is uh, written by Jesus' half-brother, it kind of summarizes a lot of what I'm going to share today, and it's simply this. You do not have because you do not ask God. That simple. And the word ask. So let's look at the Lord's Prayer up here from Matthew chapter 6. It says, Our Father in heaven, we talked about that, hallowed be your name, or holy is the name of, of our God. Your kingdom come means he reigns, not like outside, but he reigns and is king of kings and lord of lords. And we pray for that kingdom to come and his will to be done. Remember we talked that week, it's kind of like letting go and letting God. That you, you, you say, hey, I want you to be the ruler of not only my life, but of everything here. And I, I, I want... Uh, here's what I, I'd like to have, but your will be done in my life. And then we spent some time about on earth as it is in heaven. And we talked about, you might remember this, um, we spend too much time investing in the dot rather than the line because the dot is only one little part in, in life. And we spend so much time investing our lives in things that are just minutia. Um, we're here and then we're gone. But the line is um, in eternal life. And, and for those of us who are Christians, it's in heaven with God. So we want to use this world here to invest in heaven. And today, give us today our daily bread. That's what we're going to talk about. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. We're not actually going to talk on forgiveness um, in this series. But next week we will touch on and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And then we'll wrap up this series. So again, today's verse, chapter 11, verse 11, is give us this day our daily bread. And there's a shift in the Lord's Prayer here. It's a focus from on God and his glory to us. So basically we have a, a shift from your, about God, to our and us. For instance, your name, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done. That's all in the first part. And then we have this shift that goes and give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts and deliver us from the evil one. Now, if you just took this last hat from where we're going now to the end, you would think this is a very selfish prayer. It's not like, please, it's give us this day. But the, but the thing is, we can be cool with that because we've already set up who God is. Okay, so we, can, we just don't jump in. Usually many of us jump in prayer and say, hey, God, I need this rather than telling him how holy he is, how he's king of kings, and we want his will to be done. Then we say, give us. Everybody got that? So it's not wrong to do that. It's just uh, different. And the bottom line is, our heavenly father wants to give us something. He wants to give us good things. Um, and he wants to do that a lot of times. A lot of times there's things that are blocking our asking. Um, like some people would say this, I know a lot of people who are worse off than me, so I'm not going to bother God with that. Anybody ever heard anybody? Or you may have even felt that way like this. Um, but God cares deeply 
for your need. God is not up there thinking, well, you know, you know, Jack, I got a little bit more important things to do, like running the universe. Um, or, um, you know, you're bothering me with this trivial stuff. There was an old book called God is in the Small Things. And, and God cares about those small things. Um, God is not somebody who does not care. He's a loving Heavenly Father. And He cares for the simple, ordinary, day-to-day uh, -day things of life. Um, anybody ever heard of Stephen Hawking's? Okay, Stephen Hawking, one of the most brilliant physicists and um, cosmologists, not people who put makeup on, but somebody who deals with the cosmos. Um, he died in March 14th, 2018 at the age of 76 after living with a, a motor neuron disease that he dealt with for more than 50 years. Many of you may have saw the movie that um, was based on his life. And I found this quote that he said, he was not a believer, and he said, we are such insignificant creatures on a minor planet of a very average star in the outer suburbs of one of a hundred thousand million galaxies. So it's difficult to believe in a God that would care about us or even notice our existence. When I heard that quote, it kind of came onto me, this heaviness that he was so brilliant that he missed out on God that he missed out on the love that God has for us uh, and, the, and, and the, the fact that God does care about us. That, uh, that's the whole message of the gospel, that yes, we are pretty much insignificant, but God created us and loves us so much that he sent his son Jesus to save us so that we could be with him forever and ever. And so it's completely different view from the Bible and what the Bible says about God. And many of us, many Christians have that, that worldview that Stephen Hawking had, that like, I'm insignificant. God could care less about me, but that's not true at all. He cares deeply. Look at what it says in Isaiah chapter 40, verses 26 through 31. It says this, lift up your eyes and look to the heavens. Anybody ever look like when it's real clear out? Like where it's so clear that you start to look in the, in the sky and you see stars and you're like, wait, there's more stars up there. Anybody ever seen that when it's so crystal clear like that? And it says, look to the heavens. It then says this, who created all these? He who brings out the starry host one by one and calls forth each of them by name. Because of his great power and mighty strength, not one of them is missing. Why do you complain, Jacob? Jacob is a reference to um, the Israelites. And it says, why do you, um, to God's people in the Old Testament. Why do you say, um, Israel, my way is hidden from my Lord. My cause is disregarded from my God. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God. The creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men will stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. Told you God is an e a Philadelphia Eagles fan. Um, they will run and not grow weary, and they will walk and not faint. Does that sound like a God who does not care about you? It's exactly the opposite. Exactly the opposite. The lie of the serpent in the, um, in the book of Genesis was, we, we got in, in the book of, uh, in the Garden of um, Eden, was simply this, that God is not a caring father. That was the lie that uh, Satan used. Satan did not dispute the existence of God. 
He said, hey, God knows that you will be. Um, God is keeping this from you. And he did not dispute God's power. It was a simple fact that he disputed that God simply does not care about you. And sadly, as Adam and Eve bought into it, so do many today believe that God really does not care about us. So there's a couple things I just want to share today. Um, when we look at the term, give us this day our daily bread. First thing is, uh, God wants you to pray for natural bread. And I'll explain what I mean by that. And when you see bread today, it's, we're talking about provision. It is not wrong to pray for a home in a good school district for your children. It is not wrong to pray for a job that will be a blessing to you and your family. It is not wrong to pray for a good deal on a car that does not break down every five minutes. It is not wrong to pray that gas prices drop significantly. Um, it is not wrong to pray for natural provision. Many times in the church, many people have said, depending on that, that it's wrong or it's selfish to pray for something like that for yourself or for someone else. It is not selfish. How do we know? Because the disciples, when they said, Jesus, teach us to pray, Jesus told them, when you pray, one of the things I want you to do is ask your daddy for, for daily bread. I want you to ask him for that daily provision that you have. Now, Notice that this sentence begins with, give us this day our daily bread. Why? Why? Because God is a giver. God is a tremendous giver, and he loves to provide for his children. He is a provider. As a matter of fact, um, one, of the, one of the coolest like, sermon series to ever do is, um, like we have one name for God, or else we'll call him Lord, God, Lord. But in the Hebrew, Hebrew faith, they had Jehovah, or Jehovah, because they couldn't say J's, um, or they say Elohim, um, but Jehovah, and they would have different names that went to the attributes of God. They would have Jehovah Shammah, Jehovah Nisi, Jehovah Sekenu, Jehovah Shalom, which means the Lord is my peace, and many, many more. The first one that we hear that is known, if you were part of church or you're part of Sunday school for a while, is one called Jehovah Jireh. Anybody remember that song? Jehovah Jireh. It's like, you know, anybody know that song? Okay, I stuck that in your head now too, so I'm glad to do that. Um, but Jehovah Jireh, and that was, that was um, at one point given, that is what Abraham told Isaac God was when they were going up to the mountain and they're going to give a sacrifice. And here is Isaac saying, uh, we got the wood, we got the fire. Excuse me, daddy, where is the sacrifice? He says, don't worry, God's going to provide. He had to get a little bit more nervous, particularly when daddy put him down on the altar. You know what I mean? But what happened? There was a ram in the thicket. Right when he was getting ready to bring down the knife, I don't know about you, but I would whoop my dad. I would have done my best to whoop my dad. Um, but that tells you about Isaac. He was obedient, even to death. And at that moment, he said, the whole way up, he said, Jehovah Jireh, God will provide. God is a provider. God wants to provide for us. And Jesus taught us that by saying, give us this day, or give us today our daily bread. Now, the phrase, our daily bread, Many theologians have referenced, and theologians if, is just a term to like smart Bible people, okay? Um, and 
they believe that this is a reference of, for Jesus all the way back to Exodus chapter 16 when there's this guy named Moses who um, went in to Egypt where God's people were in captivity and all these plagues and stuff happened. I know we all think of Charlton Heston, don't we? Um, and uh, he, he led them out in the desert. Now, they didn't have food with them a lot, but in, in, they were out there for 40 years. And as I said, very much so, you know men were leading because a four-day trip took 40 years. Um, and that's what happened. So in Luke chapter 11, verses 5 um, through 8, which is Luke's account of the Lord's Prayer, um, Jesus follows the Lord's Prayer with a story. He says, imagine, imagine that you have a friend who's a neighbor, okay? Um, how many of you have a, have a neighbor that, you know, anybody have a neighbor that like at, the, at the, the most wrong times they come and need something? Anybody? I mean, if they're here with you, just say no and shake your head and God will forgive you. Um, but, but sometimes I'm, I'm kind of like that neighbor, I guess, um, you know, so, um, but you need something at a certain time. And so Jesus tells a story and he says, it's after midnight. Now, for some of you who were in this culture with lights and everything, we stay up till the, the crack of dawn. This was a society that when it, and you can go back to an old sermon that we talked about getting rest, that when it went dark, you went to bed because when it was light, you got up. And so there's several hours that go on here. And after midnight, you hear this on your door. You're like, I am not getting up. And it keeps knocking. And then you hear, uh, wake up, wake up, please, please wake up. I need some bread. I'm going to say, wait. Um, no, no, no. I have a friend who came to visit. Well, number one, you need a new friend who's coming to visit at 12 midnight. But, he's, but he says, um, Jesus is telling a story. He says, and he came out of town unexpectedly. And my friend is traveling and he's hungry. And I have no food in my house. Would you please give me some bread so I can go ahead and give it to my friend? Well, if you're like me, your friend's not too happy that you're knocking on the door, wanting something at this time. And he says pretty much, are you crazy? Do you know what time it is? You're out of your mind. Go back. I'll give you some bread in the morning. He's like, I, I can't wait till the morning. He needs it now. Please wake up. This is really, really important. I need some bread. And Jesus says in verse 8 this, he says, I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of his friendship. In other words, he said, you can be best friends, but he's tired. And he's like, uh-uh, a couple more hours, we'll be up. I'll, I'll get you then. It's not because of his friendship that he gets up. But Jesus says, it is because of your, I love this term, shameless audacity that he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. In other words, what does that mean? You are such a pest to him. He wants to go to bed. His shameless audacity is, now I need the bread, and he ain't leaving until you give him a roll. And, and that's what happens. And, and then Jesus continues here in Luke chapter 11, verses 9. He said, so I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And the one who knocks, the door will be opened. And then he goes back into to us and he says, which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish... We'll give him a snake instead. Or if he asks for an egg, we'll give him a scorpion. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, 
I love this section in this verse here. How, everybody say that with me. How much more, how much more will your Father in heaven give, you, give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? In other words, what he's saying here is he's saying, that guy does not want to get out of bed. And no matter how good of friends they are, he's tired and that's not what's driving him. What's driving him is that you're annoying and you won't go away. And what he says to you is, you don't have from God what God really wants to give to you because you're not having shameless audacity and bugging your heavenly father to give you those things that you need. And so if you think that God doesn't care, Jesus says, bug him about it. Bug him about it. He says, you do not have because you do not ask. God wants us to pray daily. Give us this day. Give us today our daily bread. So let's jump to Exodus 16. Okay, we're going to jump back in the Old Testament. Again, Moses led the Israelites out of captivity into the desert. And here's what it says here. In the desert, so they've been journeying for a while. Been journeying for a while. The whole community grumbled against Moses and Aaron. Now, why are they grumbling? They're hungry. Anybody ever had hungry kids in a car? Anybody had hungry people? Anybody been hungry? And your stomach goes, it starts to growl and everything goes like that. So um, hunger, hunger does something to you. You turn into Betty White and play football, right? Anybody have seen that commercial, the Snickers commercial? Um, it does something. To, and that's what, that's what the Snickers commercial is saying. When we are hungry, we need something. That, that takes over everything. Uh, and so um, the Israelites, and let me tell you, there were several million people here. We're not just talking like a small group. Several million people, and they're grumbling against Moses and Aaron. And they said to them, now keep in mind they were slaves in Egypt. But isn't it interesting how when we're in another predicament, we forget how bad it was before and how God brought us out of something. But they said to him, if we had only died by the Lord's hand in Egypt, keep in mind that when they got to the, to the um, Red Sea, that they're like, you brought us out of here to die, do something. And God did a miracle and they walked across on dry land. There, there we sat around, listen to how they, they act like Egypt was so great. They, we, there we sat around pots of meat and ate all the food we wanted. But you brought us out into the desert to starve this entire assembly to death. Then the Lord said to Moses, I will rain down bread from heaven for you. The people are to go out how much? each day and gather enough for how much? That day. In this way, I will test, hold on to that in your mind. I will test them and see whether they will follow my instructions. On the sixth day, they are to prepare what they bring in, and that is to be twice as much as they gather on the other days. That's because of the Sabbath, where you weren't supposed to do any work. You were supposed to rest. So the people are to go out how much? Each day. Each day, every day. And that's really important. It's a daily thing. We need that daily thing in our mind. Some, and, and what's interesting, we'll talk about this a little bit. Some ignored God's instructions. They failed. The Israelites failed miserably. And they went and they grabbed more. Um, you ever been in, um, in line with somebody at like a smorgasbord? You know, like, and you're looking and you want something. And there's like, 
a little bit and they like put like a whole plate of mashed potatoes and you're like, buddy, can I have some of those? You know, um, and, and you know, what's interesting, if you go to the New Testament, the New Testament, when they would celebrate communion, they would have a meal and they would celebrate communion. And Paul actually had to tell people, if you're that hungry, stay the heck home. We're supposed to share that and what's left over goes out to the poor and the hungry. It ain't for you to fill your belly. It's for fellowship to come together, celebrate the Lord. So, I mean, we've always seen there, there's always like that one casserole at a church dinner where you're looking at you're, you're, you're saying that looks good. And there's that other thing that nobody touches because we don't know what it is. Um, and we're afraid it's going to get up and walk, walk away um, or whatever. But, um, and you want some of that. And, some, and a lot of times we just, we're thinking about ourselves and we plop it in there. And that's what they were doing here. But why did God, why, why, why did God give them only daily bread? Why not make them have weekly bread? You know, it'd be like going to the grocery store every day. Like, oh, I, I got this. Getting your me- every meal you go to, for that day, you go to the grocery store. Um, why did he do that? And, and you know, I got to tell you, when I, when I read this, sometimes my mind it wanders. I know that's a shock for many of you who know me. But um, I started reading this and I started saying, you know, Jesus, this is a little bit redundant. Like, look what he says. He says, um, give us this day, give us today our daily bread. Isn't that redundant? Like, why didn't he say, give us this day our bread? Or give us our daily bread. Why did he say that twice? I, I believe he did it on purpose. And I believe there's several reasons why he did it. Number one is he wants his people to depend on him to provide every day. Israel is eventually going to be going into the promised land. And it's a land flowing with milk and honey. And has grapes and all kinds of stuff there. And when they get into that promised land that has all this stuff, they're not going to need that manna from heaven anymore. And then, because of the provision of the promised land, they're going to forget God's provision that he provided in the desert and the fact that the promised land is the way it is because God provides it. They will forget about God. The second thing is, he wants his people to know that whether it's in the promised land or in the desert, ultimately, everything that we have comes from a giving, gracious, heavenly Father. And that he is the sustainer, he is the provider of all things. So, what we see is God created us in this daily way. If you don't believe me, we sleep. We have something called a circadian rhythm. That we sleep and we're, we're in, the, and it's a 24-hour cycle is um, what we live by. God designed our digestive system and he created us to eat daily. Um, why, did he, why didn't he design us to eat monthly? Like, you know, just a big meal and then we're good for the month. Um, and I know some, some ladies who had babies would love if he designed us that way so they weren't up every two hours all night. But I think he did it to remind us to depend on him daily. And most of us as Americans would rather pray, um, give us our yearly bread. You know, we can plan out for the year, we get our, get our yearly bread and we're good and we have that. Um, that way we don't have to think about it for another year. I know I'm taking care of. But God wanted us to be dependent on him. And I believe there's another, there's another reason, there's a higher reason. God wants us, God also wants to not have us depend on him, but God wants to have a daily relationship with his kids. God wants to have a daily relationship with his kids. Um, you remember like when, those of you who have kids that maybe have grown a little bit, you remember when they were real young and they always needed something? Anybody? And you, you said what? I cannot wait till you go. I mean, like when they're potty training, somebody 
Daddy, come wipe my butt. I'm like, yeah, great. You know, I, I totally bribed Judah. I bought him, if he went to the potty train well, I bought him a race car set. Yeah, call it bad parenting. I don't care. After 10 years of diapers, I was done. You know what I mean? And, and so, I mean, but it's like, Daddy, Daddy. You're like, oh my, oh my gosh, you know. And as they get older and they start to do things, you're like, they don't need me anymore. You know, you start, you like to be, or you don't hear from them for a while. You know, like they're out living life and, and being successful or whatever else, and you don't hear from them, and you're like, huh, have you heard from, like most of have these conversations, you heard from Jacob? No? You okay? Guess so. You know, you send the text, are you out there? Hello? Um, and you do those things because, because you know, because you want to spend time with them. I mean, they're a little bit better now. You know what I mean? Um, nobody's yelling, come wipe my butt at that time. And if they are, they're going to sit there a long, long time. Um, but... <laughs> But what, what, I'm, what I'm saying is that's how God is. He wants to spend time with us each day. And if, if, um, they are, if, if we have to depend on him, then we're going to give him a call. My, my kids still call me when they need something. You know, whether they're not, hey, i got to ask you a question. I'm like, uh, how much is it going to cost? You know, I mean, that, that's there. But when they need me, bam, dad goes into action. It's nice to be needed still. Um, and sometimes, all right? Um, so let's go back to Exodus chapter 16. When God provides manna, it was the seed that was kind of, it was kind of like a, um, a seed mixture, like a, like a dough kind of thing, you know, um, uh, on the ground. And after the dew disappeared, there was a stuff manna. Now, now here you go. I'm going to ask you the 24. Four karat gold question. Does anybody here know what manna means? Anybody? Y'all scared to answer, aren't you? You're like afraid of my face. Most people would say bread, but that's wrong. What does it mean? I'm going to show you right here. In verse 15, it says, when the Israelites saw it, they said, what is it? Now keep in mind, several million people, the dew goes and this doughs all over the, the ground. For they did not know what it was. In Hebrew, manna is not God's term. It is their term. They looked at it and said, what is it? So if you see something in today's world which is that you don't know what it is or what's going on, you can go, manna, and you won't offend anybody, all right? Um, it means, what is it? What is it? That's not God's word. God said, I'm going to provide bread from heaven. Moses told them, and they said, what the heck's that? So they went out and they saw it, and then they had to gather it and prepare it. This is very important because God provides the stuff. God provides the bread. God provided it all there, but he didn't bake it and drop loaves on the ground like steaming up. Uh, you know, for them. They had to gather it and prepare it. That tells us that the blessings of God come, but he may require us, and maybe some of the reason why we aren't receiving what we've asked for is because we're waiting for God to drop it, uh, to uh, put the ingredients together and to bake it and to put it in our lap and to feed it to us as well. That's not how God works. God says, okay, I will provide for you, but you get your hips up and go ahead and, and do your work. He wants us to do something with it today. And it's the same thing today that God expects us to work hard. Think about this. You have these people who are working, going through the, um, through the desert, and somebody says, hey, Johnny, why don't you go out there and gather whatever that stuff is on the ground. Um, we're going to start to bake it because I'm hungry. I don't know what it is. Um, and please 
don't get anywhere the camels were walking. You know what I mean? Um, so, I mean, that's kind of what's going on here. They didn't know what it was. Now, let's go back um, toward the end of verse 15. Moses said to them, they said, what is it? He said, dummies. Uh, he didn't say dummies. That's my translation. He said, it is the bread the Lord has given you to eat. This is what the Lord commanded. Everyone of you is to gather as much as they need. Notice, notice it says as much as they what? Need, not want. Hold on to that. Much as they need. Take an omer. We'll talk about that. For each person you have in, the, in your tent, the Israelites did as they were told. Isn't it interesting that when it's something for them, they do what they're told? But when God gives them regulations, they don't. Um, we haven't changed much, have we? Um, some gathered much and some gathered little. All right. So every, and then it says this. It says everyone had gathered just as much as they needed based off of the omer measure. Now, an omer is about three pounds. It's about three pounds. So each person got three pounds of the stuff. It's about this big, you know, in a canister. And um, that's what they would bake for each person. So if there's a couple that's in a tent that are recently married and have no kids, how many omers would they have? Two. Two omers. There you go. If there's a family of eight, um, eight children with two parents, they would gather ten omers. All right. You guys are good at this. Um, and if there's, like it could have been, a family with grandparents, children, grandchildren, they could have gathered as much as 18 to 20 omers. They gathered one omer per person, and by this, it worked out perfectly. God provided what they needed, what they needed. God provided exactly, exactly what each person needed. Why? Because God wants us to live dependent upon him, but he also wants us to live, that we find out God wants us to live with compassion, daily compassion. In this world, it's kind of, we have times that, Sometimes I get kind of pessimistic. Anybody else with me? You know, like there's enough stuff and you start to, you start to lose uh, uh, some compassion. But God wants us to live compassionate day to day. Um, if you have a, f and uh, how do you know that? Because the way that God gave the measurement of omers. If you have a family of five, you need to pray for your family of five. That God would give an omer a blessing for each of them. That um, if, you, if you have three children, then you need to pray for the needs of those three children. Uh, not just the bread and provision for you, but for them too. You pray for their medical needs to be met, their educational needs, their mental needs, their spiritual needs. If, um, if you or one in your household is going through a difficult medical issue, um, then every day you need every day. You need to pray for daily bread from heaven, from manna from heaven for that person to meet their needs. If you have a child who's going through a difficulty, pray for daily manna bread from heaven for that. Uh, I know I said, what is it? But it's associated with bread now. But pray for that bread, daily bread for that child. Here you go. I'm going to kick it up a notch here. If you are a small business owner, maybe you have 5, 10, 15, 20 employees they may have spouses or children. Because they are dependent upon your business, you pray daily for their daily bread from heaven for each of them, for your business in order to promote that each one of them receives an omer of blessing 
to meet their needs each day. When we pray, what I'm saying is when we pray, we don't just pray for ourselves and our own daily bread, um, but for our families and those extended. We pray for whatever occupation God's put us in um, and called us to serve in. God is saying, you pray for the need and I will meet your need because provision comes from the Lord. He is Jehovah Jireh. In the Lord's Prayer, I believe that I do believe that Jesus was referring to the manna, and I'll, I'll unpack that in a bit. Many theologians believe that he was also referring to Proverbs 30, verse 8. Um, and Proverbs 30 and 31 were not written by Solomon, David's son, by King Solomon. They were written by a guy named Agur, A-G-U-R. And what, what is happening here? is I believe God not only wants us to live daily compassion, but in daily contentment. Daily contentment. Because listen to what Augur says here. He says this. Give me, there's that term, give me neither poverty nor riches, but give me only what? My daily bread. My daily bread. Um, if In the King James Version, it says, give me only the food allotted to me. Give me my omer. Right, you with me? And um, and so, why did Agur say this? Because he understood the value and the need of being dependent on God. He continues on and says, "If I have too much, I might grow stingy, and if I don't have enough, I might steal and dishonor God." I've had several conversations this week about people talking about if the economy continues and inflation and gas gets up to such and so, we'll have crime like we've never seen before, because people are in need. He says, neither give me prosperity or riches or poverty or scarcity. The question is, do you realize that in the body of Christ, these are two extremes that are being preached every week? Two extremes. One is called the prosperity gospel. You say this prayer, you say that, God's going to pour money out the wazoo on you. Right? The opposite side of that is, oh, you should have nothing and you should be a pauper and you should give it all away. But right here we see in, in the scripture that we're to ask God for our daily bread, those things that we, that we need. That Jesus, some preach prosperity, some preach poverty. Jesus preaches provision. God the Father wants to provide your needs, but he wants you to ask him. And when we ask God provides, and we do it daily. It keeps us dependent on God and on his grace in our lives. Now, there's a little, there was a little boy who, uh, he wanted a little brother. So he came to his father and said, Daddy. He said, yes, son. He said, I want a little brother. Well, the father said, well, you know what you need to do? You need to go ahead and you need to pray to God and ask for a little brother. So he prayed. Month one, he said, God, I really want a little brother. Please give me a little brother. Nothing happened. Month two, he prayed again. God, I, I really, really want a little brother. Nothing happened. Month three, same prayer. He said, God, please, I really want a little brother. And nothing happened, so he stopped praying. Several months later, his dad went and picked him up, took him to the hospital, and walked in. He said, I want to show you something. And he walked into the room, and the curtain was there, and he pulled the curtain back a little bit, and there was a little baby boy, his brother. The father went and said, hold on. He pulled it back a little bit more. There was another baby brother. And he, the boy's looking. He goes, hold on. He went and he pulled back again. And there was a third baby brother. And he looks at his son. He said, 
aren't you glad you prayed to God for a baby brother? And he looks up at his dad and says, aren't you glad I stopped? <laughs> God wants to provide. We just need to ask. The second big thing that I want to deal with, in addition to God wants us to pray for natural bread, is God wants us to pray for spiritual bread. Now, there, this has been a debate as long as the scriptures that was Jesus talking about daily bread like physical, natural, or was he talking about spiritual? And the answer to that is yes. It's both. I believe it's both. Why? Because God wants to provide for us naturally. It's everywhere throughout the scripture. There's so many things. But also there's a, there's a spiritual parallel that we're given in the scriptures. Jesus at one point is talking to what they call the Syrophoenician woman. And um, her daughter is oppressed by a demon. And, and in order, in calling her to freedom from bondage, he says, he's, he's basically saying that you're not one of the chosen. And he says, well, um, should I give the children's bread, meaning the, the ones who are not little kids' bread, but the ones who are God's people, the ones who have a covenant relationship, a spiritual connection with God. Should I give that to you? And she says, even the dogs get crumbs from the table. So um, what I want to do, I, wanna, I, I got something under here today. I'm going to pull it up here. And I got bread. How many of you like bread? Anybody like bread? Who's like one of those people like, I mean, if you have your cereal, you need a piece of bread with it. You know what I mean? People really, who, like, who really likes bread? Um, the other night, Melissa and I were at dinner, and she goes, we didn't get any bread. I said, I don't know, maybe, maybe they charge extra now. Everything's expensive. Um, but raise them high. How many like bread? All right. Okay. Um, so bread. Uh, now, um, one of the coolest things about bread, you ever go buy a Subway when they're baking it? They do that to get you to come in, you know. Um, but um, there's something about that baking of bread that's just like, it smells really good. But like if you came, if I said, hey, come over to my house for, for dinner, and, and you say, what is it? And I bring out like, loaf, like a loaf of bread and say, there you go. You're going to be like, what? Right? Not many of us get really thrilled and excited by if that's, if that's all we have. But what, what do you like to put on bread? Who likes butter? Like I'm not like talking about that like thing that you could probably, you know, use a spackle. I'm talking about like the one that like just goes on there and melts. Like it, and it drips down, you know. Or, or like you can eat like the kind that's mixed with honey. Or that cinnamon like from, was it, Texas Roadhouse, right, you know. You guys are already like, well, how much longer is this sucker going to be? Um, so um, like that. But like um, how many, how many like, um, how many like jam or, or jelly like, uh, like that on there? Um, how many like, like I, I got you excited just by seeing the little bear, didn't I? You know, how many like, how many like honey on there? All right. Um, what about this one? Apple butter? Who likes apple butter? I got I to gotta have the security team watch this. It's going to get out of here. I know that. Um, but, you know, like, like bread is there. And one of the first things when you see bread at dinner, I'm like, well, what can we put in? Or, or like you go to, like you have an Italian restaurant and you take like some of that. There you go. Olive oil. You put some of that Parmesan cheese, some of that lots of pepper. And you just like, you like sop it in there. You know, like um, who likes peanut butter and jelly? I mean, like I, I like peanut butter and jelly, but I like 
I like peanut butter with my jelly. You know what I mean? I like a lot of jelly. Melissa, when she makes peanut butter and jelly, like the kids are gagging, you got to bring them a hose because she like just barely colors it. And I'm like, oh my gosh, where's the jelly? And that's just how she likes it. Me, I will eat half the jar on jelly. You know, I love it. I love it like that. So I get really excited. I mean, I like bread, but I like stuff on bread. You know what I mean? And, and when I brought out that loaf of bread, none of you were going, mmm, bread. Mm, I love that bread. Mm, give me that bread. Mm, mm, I'm hungry. Give me some bread. Nobody did that. But when I started talking about apple butter, and that, I mean, when we started to talk about the melted butter, you guys are like, mm-hmm, yep. Um, you, were, you were doing that right away. Because a lot of us like the toppings on there. And what's really interesting about this is if we go to Mark chapter, um, excuse me, John chapter 6, Jesus has just fed the 5,000, which is plus. That's 5,000 men. So it could have been upwards of 15,000 people that he fed. And, um, and then he feeds them with uh, the little boy's Lunchable. You know what I mean? Like the, um, the uh, two fish and five loaves of bread. Um, he did that with them. Uh, and when he, when he did that, he said, hey, let's go over to the other side. And they got in the boat. Disciples got there. They're like, how are you going to get there? He said, don't worry about it. I got to go off for a bit. And that's when Jesus walked on the water. And they were like, whoa, hey, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And then he gets in the boat. Um, and then he gets on the other side. And the people who Jesus had fed met their needs. Why were they there? Many scholars believe that because of the Roman taxation system, many of them were out and homeless. They lost everything. And so when Jesus said to them, feed them, they're like, where do we get this from? And they grabbed the little boy's lunchable, et cetera, et cetera, that he met their daily need. Okay, hold on to that. He gets in the boat and goes to the other side. They hear that Jesus is there. They get in boats. They walk, they walk around. They get there. So when Jesus gets there, all these people are there again. And they say to him, hey, our fathers ate man in the desert. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. What are they after? They're after what he can give them. They want what? Give us some of that stuff. You you'd met my need yesterday. We want it again. Jesus says, very truly, I tell you, it is not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. This is right after he had said, give us this day our daily bread. They're poor, they're homeless, they're hungry, and they wanted the toppings more than they wanted him. And then he throws this thing in, let's eat my flesh, drink my blood. And people said, I'm out. I'm out. Because why? Because they love the apple butter that the bread of life. Jesus then says, I am the bread of life. They love the toppings more than they love the bread itself. You ever tried to eat a submarine sandwich without the bread? The bread holds it all together. The bread makes it easier. The bread brings it to life. And you just like eating meat and have mayonnaise all over your hands. We too often love the stuff that Jesus gives and we don't love him as much as the stuff. Jesus said, man does not live by bread alone, but on every word out of the mouth of God. In Deuteronomy chapter 8, he, they're talking about this whole manna thing. And he says, he humbled you, causing you to hunger, and then feeding you with manna. 
which neither you nor your ancestors had known. For what purpose? Remember they said to test, but what, what is he doing? To teach you that man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. It wasn't just the manna, the bread, the physical thing that meant there. That was part of it. But God wanted to teach them something else, something deeper, something spiritual, not just natural. That, that we, when we pray, we say, Your Lord, please give us, our daily, give us our daily bread, which is our needs, our desires, our, those things that we need met. But also, Lord, I need your word and I need you to speak to me every day to feed my spirit. Like, for instance, do you have a situation in your life right now that would be good if you had a word from God every day? Every day there's something. It may be your health. It may be your finances. It may be your marriage. It may be your family. maybe one of your children. God provides bread each and every day. And just as he fed the 15,000 in a physical provision, daily bread, your physical provision matters to the triune God. But also equal value is your spiritual daily bread. So you, you can hear from God and you may say, well, I don't know how to hear from God. I'll tell you, there was a, I was thinking about this. Um, there was a time when I was, I was doing something, and it was a new section of Scripture that I was going to speak on. And I, you know, I was trying to be a good preacher, and I wrestled with it for hours. And I went ahead and read some commentaries, and I cross-referenced it, and I looked at, tried to find other sermons that were there just to kind of something. I even looked at the, the Hebrew and the Greek in like a... Um, Interlinear. I even went to Latin. That's how, how confusing this was for me. Um, I don't know squat about Latin. Um, but it still just was not clicking. So kind of when my, my mind is full and, and overwhelmed, one of the things I, I like to do, I get in the car and I just ride. And, um, and I don't even turn on the radio. I just ride. It's just one of those things that kind of calms this, this mind. And so I, I was in my car and I went for a ride and, and I'm there and this kind of thing is on my mind and I feel more lost than ever. I was even thinking about changing the message and all that kind of stuff. And then all of a sudden it was like sitting right there with me in the car was God. And he, he kind of messes with me a lot. And he said, hey, what you doing? And I was kind of like, well, now you show up. Um, I'm trying to figure out this verse that you want me to preach about, but ain't get much help. You know, I looked everywhere, and he said to me, um, I, I still remember this, he said, um, do you think I know what it means? And I was like, yeah, you wrote, you inspired it, you wrote the thing, you better, or else we're all in trouble. And he said, then why don't you just ask me? Why don't you just ask me? And when I did, it became clear, because I was looking for answers in other people who had God had spoken to, but I needed him to speak to me. The point is, I studied, I worked, I did all the things that I thought I was supposed to. I was trying to make my own daily bread, and what I needed was a word from him, the mouth of the Lord. There's an old saying that says, you know, pastor, you, got, you quit preaching and start meddling. So I'm going to do a little meddling for a little bit. Um, and I'm talking to me, and every week I preach to me, and you guys just eavesdrop, just to let you know. Um, and so uh, I'm preaching to me because I've suffered through this many times myself. There are times when, uh, you know, I do, and I'm sure you do, you have difficulty sleeping at night. You got a lot of stuff on your mind. And, and what I believe is one of the biggest things on our mind is that we're worried that in the morning there's not going to be manna on the ground. Uh, time and time again in my life, uh, when we didn't have two nickels to rub together, I was worried, very worried about these things. Um, 
And there's something about worrying and stressing us out that we're at all time levels. But we need, we, there's something about us we need to know that when we get up the next day that God's mercies are new every morning and God's man is on the ground for us. Right after the Lord's Prayer, Jesus says this. He says, do not worry about tomorrow. Yes, tomorrow, tomorrow. Sorry, I put it in your head again. Um, don't worry about what you're going to eat or drink or about what you're going to put on. This is the Sermon on the Mount, right after the Lord's Prayer. He told him to pray, and then he says, don't worry about that stuff. What you're going to eat, drink, what you're going to put on, in other words, your clothes. Um, don't worry about these things, for the Lord knows that you have a need, and he's faithful to take care of those flowers and the birds. You ever seen a bird just worry? Where's, where's the worm? Never. Never. You ever seen a, a flower go, Ooh, what am I going to do out here? Where's the rain? No. We do. They don't. Jesus says, stop it. Look around you. And he says, if he's faithful to care of the birds and the flowers, he loves you much, much more. And he's going to take care of your needs. Don't worry about these things. So what is it God wants us to do? Live in daily confidence. Daily confidence. Um, Corrie ten Boom, she wrote The Hiding Place. And Corrie ten Boom, many people may not know her, but she was a, um, a, a, a Dutch uh, child that was um, a Christian, became a Christian writer. And she um, and her family were put in concentration camps in Nazi Germany. Many of her family died. And she is, was an incredible woman. And she said this about worrying. This is a woman who, as a kid, was in Nazi concentration camps losing her family. And she said this, Worrying is carrying tomorrow's load with today's strength. Carrying two days at once. It's moving in tomorrow ahead of time. Worrying doesn't empty tomorrow of its sorrow. It just empties today of its strength. Did you realize that it said there that manna was a test? It was a provision, but it was a test. And what was the two tests? There's two tests. You have these here. They... Um, the tests are that they wouldn't gather too much every day. And by the way, the Israelites failed all these. Um, that they wouldn't gather too much every day. They were supposed to get, gather how much? One omer per person for that day. Some people said, I'm going to fill a little bit more. I'm going to put two omers in here for me. Um, and, and that's what they did. Um, God did that to test them to see if they could trust him daily, not for two days. Because guess what? I hate to tell you, there's always a tomorrow. And God will provide there. That's the good news. The next thing is, the, the test was this. That um, the other test was that they would trust God to provide enough for two days on the sixth day. Uh, why was it such a problem? Because the people who had cheated and gathered um, two omers for a couple days, the, the scripture tells us, and this is the Bible, it says that when they, they collected extra, they went to look at it, and in the morning it was filled with maggots, right? It worms, and it was, it, you, they couldn't do anything with it. They couldn't do anything at all with it. And so their way of having to depend, the people who stole two on the day they were supposed to take one are now going ahead and going, um, you want us to do two? The last time we did that, it had maggots. And God says, that's because you didn't trust me. And when they did it, there was no maggots those days. God had provided in those days. He was testing them. And God, when they kept doing this stuff, God said, how long am I going to put up with you? We do the exact thing. Instead of giving and being generous with everything God has provided us, we often hold a tight grip on everything. We think, you know, God may not provide tomorrow. And it's good, it's good to prepare. It is good to prepare, but not at the risk of, of everything else. Um, 
What I have learned is if you hold on to more than you need, it will rot. My basement is full of junk that I haven't seen in years, and it's no good. Anybody else with me in here? It's like I, I got stuff that I just moved from house to house, and it's no good. Now, I'm not saying we shouldn't save and be diligent about those things and prepare for whatever life throws at us, but I believe God is simply telling us this. Don't hoard. Don't hoard. Don't hold on to more than what is right. And then they went, and the other thing is um, we find out that they went out to work on the Sabbath when they, some people just took enough for one day and said, because I don't want the maggots, and they went the next day and there was nothing there. So they worked in vain. God created us daily, but he also created us to have rest. And one of the things I've learned, and I'm, I'm horrible at this a lot of times, but if you work seven days a week thinking you'll have more than you do six days, you'll do it in vain, and you'll be the one that rots. We are designed to have a day of rest, and we're designed to live daily. Um, it's about anybody but Chick-fil-A's closed on Sundays. Isn't that the day that you always want it? You know what I mean? Um, they have made it a practice of closing on Sundays from its origin. Um, they have broken that before, but it's only when people are in need, like uh, hurricanes and things like that, they, they meet the need. Um, according to 24-7 Wall Street, um, two years ago, uh, in two, 2020, they said not opening on Sundays is costing Chick-fil-A around $1.2 billion in sales. And um, it was, it, they wrote, they said, technically McDonald's and Starbucks make more in the long run, but when you break down the numbers, Chick-fil-A is winning. It has far fewer locations than both brands. And while no Chick-fil-A locations are open Sunday, their restaurants are far more profitable than the other two. For example, an average Chick-fil-A um, in 2017 made $4 billion in sales, while the average McDonald's made $2.6 million and the average Starbucks made $945,000, according to the Houston Chronicle. Um, two restaurant experts, um, one guy's name is Mark Kalinske, and the other one I think is perfect. He had to have this job, his name is John Hamburger. Um, I'm not making that up. Um, from Business Insider, they said, not only does it give, about the day off, it says, not only does it give employees a guaranteed day off that, as Mr. Hamburger puts it, um, conveys a sense of caring, but it probably boosts sales on Saturdays. How many are like, oh, we got to get our Chick-fil-A today because it's color. Anybody ever done that before? Um, and uh, the other guy, not, the non-hamburger guy said, we'll call him Cheeseburger, um, said, it provides a sense of urgency. You better get to that restaurant today because they're going to be closed on Sunday. And S. Truett Cathy, the founder of Chick-fil-A, said, closing business on Sunday, the Lord's Day, is our way of honoring God and showing loyalty to him. My brother Ben and I closed our first restaurant on the first Sunday we opened in 1946. And my children have committed to closing our restaurants on Sundays long after I'm gone. I believe God honors our decisions and sets before us an ex unexpected opportunities to do greater work for him because of our trust and loyalty in him. I'm, I'm going to wind down. I have a couple uh, quick, quick things here. And one, I want to tell you a story of um, when I was, uh, I grew up in the United Methodist Church, loved the United Methodist Church. I became a pastor there. And some of you know this, but many of you are new. So I just kind of want to share something. And, um, and, um, in, in 2007, um, I, I had made, heard God's call and made, after prayer and lots of other things. Um, 
just made the decision to come and start uh, the church, Haven Church. Haven Community Church. And so um, just to let you know, when people know that you're leaving a church, um, everywhere you go, they should have somebody scream, dead man walking, um, because you can get nothing done. Um, and nobody cares anymore because you're just ready to head out. And then in the same time, I had left to go with a, um, another denomination at the time, really good people. Um, business was a little bit off, and they had promised certain things, and it didn't come through. And, and so we called them miscommunications. Um, and so... Um, I was very, very concerned about, you know, having enough to start, let alone grow a church, and I was really concerned of having a young family where at the time I was the breadwinner, right? And the bread that was promised was not the bread that was being delivered. You with me? You know, I was ready for a steak and they gave me a chicken nugget. You know what I mean? Um, and so immediately I felt this pressure. My dad said, it's like starting a church with a gun to your head, right? And that was on me. And I had lots of questions. And I said, you know, Lord, what do you want me to do now? And I, I complained, excuse me, let me give you the church term. I prayed. <laughs> um, but I, I was praying and complained, Lord, I'm, I'm doing what you wanted me to do. And you said you provide, and I understand that. And um, honestly, it seems like I have... I, I've answered your call, and um, the more what I thought I had figured out, those safety nets that I had to make the transition smooth, they seemed to have holes in them. And the Lord said to me, again, did you ask me to provide for you today? Did you, basically, did you ask me for your daily bread? I'll never forget that again. Did you ask me? Did you ask me? So I was down in Lewis still at the time, at the church I was at, and um, they had a, a parson's office there, and I walked across to the office where most of the people were, and I went and I went to get my mail, and I was going through the mail, and most of it was like really like a lot of, a lot of junk mail, religious junk mail. Um, and then I came across, there was this um, envelope in there, and it had like a little, little like address written on top, but it said to um, Pastor Jack Cohen. And so I went ahead and I, um, I went through the mail and I opened it. And um, it I opened it and there was a letter in there, like a little note letter in there from a woman, and I'm not making this up, her name was Angel. Okay? Her name was Angel. And the note from her said this, my sister attends Bethel United Methodist Church in Lewis, and I've heard um, my sister speak so highly of you, and I've seen her grow so much in her faith. She said a lot of other things, and then toward the end she said, the Lord spoke to me, and he said he has called you, me, to start a church, and God told me, angel, to send you this. And when I looked in there, there was a $1,000 check for the church, $1,000. One of $2,000 checks that was the first seed money ever for this church. I'm trying to talk God into my mortgage now too. I think that would be really good. I'm looking for that angel. But you know what I mean? God, I had no clue because everything that I had been promised by people fell by the wayside. But God provided his daily bread each and every day. I was reminded of the scripture when I was thinking about this. Before you ask, I will answer. We need to ask God for, for natural and spiritual provision. I have two blanks on the end, and I challenge you to get involved or to go to Right Now Media if you need to get in there. That, um, 
they go through this week in our prayer course study group, they go through two things that I, uh, they go through four things, but there's two that I really think are really cool. And one is called Lexio uh, Divina related to this topic. And it's really a way to really get into the scripture by, by reading and listening, by meditating on God's word and exploring that, by, by uh, praying and responding to it, by contemplating on God's word. Another thing is something that some of you may do. Or let me ask, how many of you have ever journaled in your life? Journal in your life. Um, one of the ways that we can hear from God, because that's what we're talking about, honestly, hearing from the word of God while God is providing for us uh, physically, is to, to, to journal to God, start an address to God, um, put a date there so you, you can look back and see where God has been moving. Um, thank him and, and put down a scripture that God or a word that God has for you and write what's weighing on your heart and, and what you're talking about with God and maybe even write your own psalm. And notice and listen and record and, and maybe put some of your goals down, but ultimately reflect on what God is doing for you. And those two things, that's two of those. But those, um, I, again, I want to challenge you because um, if, you're, if you're uncomfortable with prayer, this is one of the best courses I think we've ever done, if anybody's going through it. It really opens up your heart and your mind and makes you very, very comfortable with um, being able to speak to God. All right? So I'm going to ask that you stand right now as um, we get ready to close out. I'm going to say a prayer. And so if you'll just uh, bow your head, um, close your eyes with me. Um, God, uh, I thank you that, um, number one, that you care. I think a lot of times we get in our mind because you're not answering the way we do or not uh, the way we want or as quick as we w would like it, that I think sometimes um, we just think that you don't care. Nothing, absolutely nothing could be further from the truth. Because, Lord, we know that uh, you have a great love for us. So much so that you, uh, just like the Israelites, you meet our daily needs. And as Jesus taught us to pray, you provide our daily bread. But, but God, you gave us the bread from heaven to meet our spiritual needs. His name is Jesus. I think it's awesome. I've always thought it's awesome that Jesus said, I am the bread of life. The bread of heaven come down. And, um, and in that, Lord, um, it's pretty cool that where he was born is a place called Bethlehem, which means house of bread. So, Lord, right now, we, we all need some loaves from your Holy Spirit. Oh, we love the toppings. Yeah, but more importantly, we love you, Lord. We love you. You are so good to us. Right now, there's people in this room that are dealing with lots of things, and, and they, they just need some of the, uh, they, need, they need to hear from you. Some may, may actually need physical, natural needs met, and God, I pray that you will rain down upon them miraculously what, what is needed. So God, during this time, as, um, as we're here today, and we're going to the time that we give back to you out of generosity and out of what you've called from us in, in your tithe and offering, to be a blessing to others, not to keep it for us, but to be a blessing for others. I thank you that when, when I didn't see the natural provision for this church, that here we are 14 years later, and God, you're still providing. And you're still calling us to reach out into this world. And so for those who are giving, I ask for a special blessing upon that. If you are a visitor, we do not expect you to give. Your gift is just being here and receiving from God. For others who just need to talk with someone today or pray with someone, they're here up front. So move in this place, Lord. We love you and we need you. Amen.
Next week, we're going to close out our series here. And remember, God created you for daily stuff. So ask him for your bread today and enjoy whatever restaurant you're going to that I made you hungry for. God bless. Bye.